Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. We are talking the Red Wings. Yes. Why such sad music? They are rocking it, man. This gets hyper and hyper. This I mean, I... Oh, jeez. Now, why do you always play songs with long intros? Because you have to. The Red Wings are playing till they collapse. I got to give you that. You know, I'll tell you, watching that game against Minnesota, um, here's what I noticed, okay? Takeaways from the game on Minnesota. By the way, they had a great run coming up into that game. They were on a winning streak. They'd done great against Philly, taking both of those games. And um, that was awesome. Awesome making history there, right? Had first time in whatever, two yeah. dozen years, right? That 1997. They, yeah, I mean, what was it? 30-some years, yeah. right? That they had... Um, or whatever. I mean, I don't know, a long time. Long time. Long time. 25 to 30 years. Whatever. A lot of the Rebels weren't even born yet. Exactly. That's a good way to look at it, you yeah. know. And so that was encouraging, right? But we talked about this last week, Joe. I said they've got a tough schedule coming up that we knew it was going to be It's rough. a brutal schedule. It, it really is. And it started tough with... schedule in NHL. Yeah, and it, exactly. And it started with Minnesota. And their game against Minnesota, yeah, they lost. But what I saw out of the Red Wings when they played Minnesota is I saw... Hustle. I saw tenacity. I saw tough play. I thought it was great. It was the first time we saw the Bruise, uh, you know, the Bruise brothers, right, yep. on, on that line together. And did I not say, Joe, in last week's segment, I wish people would stop questioning us. You know, they they go on and on about, oh, well, where'd you get that information? What's your source? Don't worry about it. Right. Folks. Don't worry about it. We got people. Right. Right. And, you know, and we've been proven time over and over. We've been right time and time again. Now Jeff Flash will come back. We nailed Anthony Mantha getting traded. We nailed every one of these every stories. major event that yeah, the Red Wings have had stories, for the have, last year. We have got there first. We got there first and panned out. And I'll tell you, the we told you that they were going to probably play um, the Bruce Brothers on the same line. Sure enough, that's exactly what what yep. Jeff Blaschel did. So you know, uh, we talked to you about you know Zadina. Let's talk about our Zadina call because you know we've been getting a lot of I don't want to say hate, but we've been getting a lot of skepticism uh, on the between the they whistles were, page. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of skeptics out there that are questioning where we came up with the notion that Zadina was put on the top line only as a placeholder until. Jacob Verana got back because he was getting ready to come back, yep. and they wanted to kind of just throw him in there to see what he could do. And they wanted to boost his confidence, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we talked about why Zadina was on the top line and uh, with Larks, and I think it's been really good for him. 
I really do, but he's not going to stay there because that spot is for Jacob Verana because I'll tell you, my Red Wings insiders told me, and Joe, I think they told you the same thing. They said, when I told them I was encouraged by what I was seeing with the Red Wings, they said, wait till Jacob Verana comes back. Yep. Wait till Verana comes back, and then you're really going to see something. So I have been waiting with bated breath, anticipating the return of Jacob Verana, and that's how I knew that Zadina uh, was not uh, going to be placed on the top line uh, for purposes to stay there. Yeah, I think that, I think the, the same thing. You know, one of the things I see out of the Red Wings, and I don't know if you see it the same way, but one thing that I see out of the Red Wings that we haven't seen out of them in quite some time is the way they play, the toughness and the the way they're skilled. They're getting better, and they're getting better every way around it. The younger kids are playing a lot better. Cider's becoming more of a polished player. You look at like a Gustav Lundstrom, he scored his first goal yesterday. You know, when you look at the rebuild and, and how it's going, it's it's on like it's on pace to be really, really good. Problem is, kind of like the Tigers last year, is it started a little bit. They got they hit their walls a little bit too soon, mm-hmm. and they basically, you know, they're playing catch up. You know, Boston is uh, has a couple games in hand and they're seven points up, but you could really make that up because you're playing Boston quite a few times. I think the Red Wings, when they get Ron back, I don't think people understand the impact that it will have on the Red Wings. Not just as a offensive unit, but I think as a puck possession unit, they're gonna have more. They're gonna they're gonna have two real good lines. Woo! Whoa! That was my phone going a little crazy, putting out some crazy stuff. They have two good lines, and then you get you you can bump down some other people to the third and fourth line, and then you're in scoring. See, one one of the things that Blash will uh, hit on is. Right now, they don't. They, they they get good scoring on their top line. Their second line's a little bit. Sometimes they they're inconsistent. And the third and fourth line, they need more consistency out of. It. They need more guys pitching in and getting and getting points. Well, you know, here's the thing. He, we've been talking about, but I think they're getting there, Joe, because we've been talking about the development of the Red Wings depth. And that's the other thing that I want to point out against this, uh, you know, team in Minnesota is the other thing we saw in that game is we saw everybody scoring. Yeah. You pointed out, you know, uh, you know, you see Larkin scoring. Yeah, Larkin scoring. Lindstrom scoring. Lindstrom scoring. Gagne uh, participated. You got uh, who else scored that game? I mean, you had four different guys scoring, and they weren't the guys we expected. Cider. Yeah. Well, Cider, Larks, uh, Gagne, and um, and uh, Lindstrom. I yes. mean, th- those were your scores. Now, you expected out Larkin. Yep. And I'll be honest with you, I'm getting almost expected out of Cider because the guy's just a stud. I, I expect I expect. Cider to be on the score sheet. Oh yeah, but every, now every you got a, but now you got a couple. Now you got a couple other guys, and their half their goals are scored by guys who you know you don't really hear or see a lot from. So um, I think that is a testament to the development of the depth that the Red Wings are are coming up with, and that is good news going into this. Even though it's a tough schedule here, the tops as you point out, tops in the NHL. But look, now they've got performers showing up that you didn't expect to see, and that I think is a very good sign. You know what I liked about the Red Wings, though? I, what I really loved about the Red Wings last night was when they gave them the net goal, and they mm-hmm. were on the ice for, like, almost three minutes. Larkin, Raymond, Bertuzzi, Cider. They were on the ice for a long time. And they would give them the net goal. 
they were literally pissed off. They were mad. Yeah. They're mad at the result. They were mad at the way it went down. You seen Larkin take get to the bench and just like take a stab at the ground with a stick, basically breaking it. And then you know afterwards, Larkin echoes what he was feeling like. He's like, "That's a game we should have won. We didn't win because you know we." Well, because they were playing so well. When you go up two they goal, when you so go well. up two goals on a team, you expect to win. That's what Larkin says, and and he goes, yeah. and I love this. I love the quote that he said though. He says, "We can't do that for the rest of this season. If we want to get where we want to go." We can't have those those lapses where we give up the points, we give up the goals, and we're in we're in a tie with them. You know, some of these teams are very very good that we're going to be playing, and we're going to be on our game and make sure that we play a complete one, you know, three sixty game. Absolutely, and he understands. Here's the other thing, and I and you hit on something I want to talk about, Joe, and that is the demeanor of the Red Wings when they lost. They were their demeanor speaks to. They are beginning to believe in themselves right. as winners. Yeah, they're seeing themselves that way, and I'm so encouraged by that because what's happening is the way they're seeing themselves, the way they believe in themselves. They see their that they're getting better. They're executing plays better. They're getting uh, you know, they're strengthening up their areas. They're beginning to believe that they can win, and they they should be. They're expecting to be there. And that is a huge difference, huge difference between this team this year and last season's team. Yeah, well, you know, that's a testament to the culture that they're building with Glashow and uh, all those guys. You know, say what you want about Glashow, but the, the reality of the situation is he's kept these guys together. Now he's got them believing, and they're young, they're a young group. If you got a young group believing, I mean, that's especially this part, late in the season where, you know, you're out of the playoff race right now, but if you make a run, you get Verona back and you start making winning some games, you could easily find yourself two points out of the playoffs well, like that. There you go. There you go. The Red Wings have made this kind of progress, and they're showing this kind of performance without Jacob Verona. And Stetcher. And Stetcher. When Stetcher came back to the line, that was a key. Yep. You notice the difference when he came back because he moves the puck pretty good. He makes the right plays. And... I think we're going to hit on this too, but I think that the uh, Rebels are going to be making a move at the deadline. I think they're absolutely going to be making a move too. I'll tell you though, who they're not going to what move they're not going to make. I think they have shown that Nedeljkovic is going to be their goalie of the future. He yep. can handle everything they've got coming at him, and they just got to tweak this up. I think it's just a, mi- a matter of a couple minor mechanical um, uh, you know, adjustments. More, he's got to be more consistent. You know, the one thing yeah. that we talk about all the time is, you know, consistency. And Nadalkovic, you know, there's games where he looks really, really good. Well, he's still so young. Right. It's, it's going to come, you know. Yeah. And goalies are a weird breed. Oh, yeah. Um, I speak for myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, goalies are a weird, a weird breed where they, they'll get hot out of thin air and then you're like, what the hell happened? You know, like we've seen it with, as rugby fans. We've seen Dwayne Rollison come into the Joe and steal two games at, at home and then take it back to Edmonton to close it out. You know, we've seen guys come into Detroit, like a J.S. Jaguar, when, when they came into the, the, the Joe. He came in, he's, he's, I think he stopped 55 of 56 shots. I mean, these, sometimes these goalies get on this, this weird little roll that they just they can't find themselves out of. 
see Jordan Bennington uh, a couple of years ago with the Stanley Cup champs, you know. No one in their right mind thought that they were a Stanley Cup championship team. Right. At that point in time. No one. And they, they, Bennington got a little bit better. Team got a little bit better. They started believing in themselves, and then they found themselves winning playoff series that they really had no business winning, but they believed in the process, and they, they made a deal of it. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at all of the, the, all the players that the Red Wings need production out of, they're getting it. Dylan Larkin, he's leading in goals. He's second in assists, leading in points, and he just went north of 50 points. So that's great. We're halfway through the season, and he's north of 50 points. You know, one of the things I talked about wanting to see out of Dylan Larkin, and one of the things that I he's think... He's 60 points. But, but what... Yeah, and he's going to get it. What's even more encouraging is we're halfway. He's now crossed over north of 50 points. And one of the things that I talked about, oh, it was a couple of months ago, is look at Stevie Y during the heyday of the... Detroit Red Wings in the late 90s, you had Stevie crossing 100 points regularly every season. Mm -hmm. Well, Dylan Larkin's on his way. Yeah. Dylan Larkin is on his way to being Stevie, another potentially Stevie Y Jr. I'm not going to say Stevie Y. Nobody can take the place of my Stevie Y. Right. Right. But he's certainly on his way to getting very, very close to coming up on those 100-point seasons. And once you've got your leader who's crossing 100 points a season, it's going to be real difficult for that team to fail. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and that, that means that the team is playing really, really good. And I think I think one of the things that Dylan Markin has done really, really well is the way he's played, the way he's made the right decisions, the way he's played the defense, and he's played two ways, and he's – Made all the plays, you know. He's not just a, he's not just scoring. He's stopping people from scoring. And I think that's one of the things that you know CBY did great when he was in the, when he, when the Red Wings were winning. Sutterberg did it. That soup did it. And it's you can see Raymond is starting to become more of a defensive kind of guy. Oh heck, Raymond! Don't you know? I, I mean, I know he was your guy. Most Sider was my guy. Raymond was your guy. But I'll tell you, both of them are outstanding. But when you look at the leaderboards, you've got Raymond in the top three in goals, assists, and points yeah. for a rookie. Now, if that doesn't give you faith and and excitement about the future of the Detroit Red Wings, yeah. I don't know what does. And Stevie, of course, had the foresight to sign him to a three-year deal. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about Lucas Raymond is. He's getting better defensively. You talk about offensively, but like you steal momentum from another team when you can take the puck away from them in their own zone. You know, one of the things that he's done really, really well, Lucas Raymond, he's got like six takeaways in the opposition's end. You take six of those pucks away and three of them end up back in the net, that's a that's a win every time. Absolutely. And take a look at this. Talk about talking about two-way players. Talking about players that you just see production and production and production out of. Guess who leads in assists? Our defenseman, Mo Sider. Mo Sider is our leader in assists. In fact, the top two out of the top three in assists are rookies, Mo the Sider and Raymond. Yeah. And then we've got Larks right in the middle. So I mean how can you not get excited about the future of the Detroit Red Wings? I think more so, it's a good time to take a look at them here halfway through the season because you look and see what the future holds and you can't be anything but excited. I think that if the Red Wings would have had Jacob Verana, 
from the, the beginning of the season, season, they would be in playoff contention, no I, doubt. I, I think you know this. The thing about the thing about the the, the Red Wings is this is a tough division to play in. The Atlantic is one of the toughest divisions to play in. You got the Toronto, Florida, Tampa, uh, Boston. Yep. You have. Uh, you know, Montreal's falling off, but you have you have those those teams that are just really really good teams that are playing very very well. I, for you to be in the top five of those that grouping, I mean, it's you you're playing good hockey because you're you're keeping up with the Joneses and you're make, actually making some good some good headway towards uh, winning. So you know we talk we keep talking about this tough schedule they've got coming up over the next couple of weeks. The next three games they've got over the next two weeks here, they've got the New York Rangers, they've got Colorado Avalanche, and they've got Toronto. Which one of those do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for the Detroit Red Wings? And which one do you think they have the best chance of beating? Go. Okay, I think that the Colorado Avalanche one, that that, that could be a tough game for them um, just because of the speed and, and the depth that the Colorado Avalanche have. They're a very, very talented team. They can be beat. Um, but, you know, I really like the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a game where you could go. You know, that's a chance that you have to, to win. It's at Madison Square Garden. It's at Madison Square Garden, so you have every right to. Uh, you have every right. To, that's a that's a prestigious place to play, and I think certain players get amped up for that game. Yeah. Well, I think, you know. I'm going to take a little bit of a different take on this. Um, I think chances are the game they're going to lose is going to be Toronto. Uh, I think they lose anything they're going to lose against Toronto because of the uh, Canadian impact of the COVID requirements of who can play and who can't play. We won't see Burton that game. Is that the home game, though? Oh, is that a home game? Yep. Oh, well, then in that case, I still think that they're going to lose to Toronto because Toronto comes here, they tend to beat us. See, I don't. I think I think Toronto is a winnable game. I mean, if you watch Toronto, they have not played good lately. They're kind of struggling. The team I worry about is if you go if you go to March first, Carolina. That's going to be a tough game because you talk about you talk about a murderer's row. Oh God, yeah, that next week, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida. Yeah, but you go you go Colorado. Toronto, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida, and two of those games are away. It's about. Can By the way, I think we're going to beat the Rangers. I think we're going to beat the Rangers. I think we're going to lose to Toronto. I think that they will beat Toronto and New York. You think they're going to lose to Colorado? Yeah. Okay. I think because you know one of the key players for the, the Avalanche that they really didn't expect was Nazim Kadri. He's been playing very very well. They got a defense. Their goaltending is kind of shaky at times, but uh, they can put the puck in the net, and that's that's kind of worrisome because if Ned's out on his game, all these teams can light him up, you know. Yeah. So, so you're not liking the Carolina game, even though it's at home. I'll tell you the one I think we're, and uh, I'm going to be at this game. I'm going to be at the Tampa Bay Lightning game in Tampa Bay on the on the fourth of March. Yeah. So I think they're going to. I would like. I would usually say that. That would be a loss all day long. The right. Wings go to the, go to Tampa Bay. They're playing down there with the Bolts in their home. They're going to lose. But the Motor City Ice Queen will be there, Joe. And what happened when I went down to Florida? 
during the Florida Panther games. That's right. And they then won. we beat them. So I think that the very fact that the Motor City Ice Queen is going to be in Tampa Bay could have uh, could tip the scales in the favor of the Red Wings. And uh, there's a chance I might even be at the Florida game the next day. So I like, I like the we'll chances see. in the Florida game way more than I like the Tampa. Oh, I agree 100%. I think, I think they. I agree. When they, I think they got a little bit of confidence playing those two teams the way they played them early in the year. Yeah. And I think when they get Verona back, I think that's going to be a very added dimension that, that all these teams haven't seen. And you really don't know how that can go because if they get Verona back by like the Colorado game, who's to say they don't go on a, a, a big run? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's certainly a factor, um, and um, that's it's, you know. But I, I think that uh, we have an interesting question that just came into us on the wire here, and I, uh, I think it's an interesting question for us to talk about. And that is, if we don't make the playoffs, do we keep Dylan Larkin? I think it doesn't matter what we want. Stevie Y likes Dylan Larkin. Stevie Y is going to keep Dylan Larkin indefinitely unless he either gets severely injured or he trashes himself uh you know just trashes the performance i don't think money's gonna matter i think stevie's gonna give him what he wants yeah i think stevie picked stevie picked him for a reason to be the captain and he's gotten better and you're not gonna get rid of a captain like that who's played so good and been such a leader in that locker room for who who's gonna who's gonna be the captain besides Larkin if you if you like didn't want to pay him. Yeah, well I mean I think you've got a couple of these young guys who could certainly give him a run for his Yeah, money, but, but I think I think I think though see this is one of the things that you know I've been seeing on these little message boards and all that stuff, but you know, one of the things that people are kind of forgetting about the whole process of being a captain is you gotta be you gotta have the experience. You know, you gotta have the experience. I don't really think that a, a, a captain should be assistant captain or captain should be a young player, unless it's a Stevie Y. And I was gonna say, I think Stevie was nineteen. You don't there, get much younger and than there that. Hasn't been shown that there's a guy like that on this team. I mean, if you really want to say someone, it's probably like Cider, but you always want to keep your your centermen because those are the, you need centermen in NHL, and if you don't have centermen, you're 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 gonna be in a bad situation. I think these next two weeks on the calendar for the Red Wings, or three weeks, let's say, these are going to be pivotal. These yeah. are going to make or break their season, yep. and this is going to make or break their ability to make the playoffs. And their ability to make moves at the trade deadline. Yeah, so what do you think they're going to do at the trade deadline? Now, this is a little bit – we haven't had a rumor show in a while, Joe, but uh, this maybe is a little bit of a mini, a mini rumor show just with the Red Wings. What's going to happen at the trade deadline? If they're they win some games before the trade deadline, I could see them buying. Okay. I could see them going to get a defenseman. I think there's one defenseman in particular that has hometown roots with Detroit, who could be a guy that they picked up at the deadline or maybe earlier. I think I think Stevie Y is going to swing a deal with the Canadians for Petrie. Now I. Saw that when we posted it on Between the Whistles, of course, on our on our Facebook page, which, by the way, I highly recommend for those of you who are enjoying the podcast, you know, obviously subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, um, YouTube. You can find us in any of those places. But um, follow follow our page, definitely. Between the Whistles, Detroit, not only are you going to find about, about the Red Wings, but you're going to get information on all your Detroit teams as well as U of M and Michigan State. 
Um, it is the one of the best places to go for, you know, kind of your one-stop shop for Detroit sports. So between the Whistles Detroit, you obviously see the Cindy and Joe show on there as well. But um, you had put out a post about that specific thing happening, and uh, you got a little bit of, uh, I would call it more skepticism about that. People aren't believing it. They want to know where where you're where you're coming from on that one. By the way, I had heard similar things. In fact, longtime sports reporter and friend of mine, Bill Roos. Hi, Bill, if you're listening out there, uh, one of the first reporters embedded with the Detroit Red Wings, um, said that even you know Ken Holland had even toyed with that idea as well mm-hmm. of uh, bringing Petrie back home. So this is not the first time that this has been heard of or that the Red Wings have considered this. So. What are he's your got, thoughts? He's got a modified trade clause. Yeah. So he can pick teams that he wants to go to. And, and I heard he wants to come here. And he wants to go to Detroit. Yeah. And he really wants to be home because his dad lives in Michigan. Obviously, he's a former great Tigers pitcher, Dan Petrie. Yeah, World Series guy. And if you look at you look at the Rebels, if they can get a defenseman like Petrie, who has term on his contract, that could be absolutely huge. And I think that's the kind of thing that Stevie's looking for because, you know, he's not looking for the guys necessarily who want these long, you know, monster contracts. He might be able to get really some great value out of a guy like Petrie where he can pick up the last couple of years on a contract and be done. And and he wants to be here, too. Exactly, a guy who wants to be here. I mean, one of the things that Petrie does really, really well is he's been a little bit inconsistent in Montreal, but Montreal's just been a bad team this year, and they're just fire sailing the whole thing. I found it very, very interesting that they just released the promo the Montreal Canadiens did, and they didn't put Jack Petrie on their promotional thing. Interesting. You know, it's these other, all these little things that people have to look for. You know, I was talking to someone about this recently, and I said, you know, you, when, you, when you read in the papers about, you know, uh, somebody's spouse is looking at homes or, you know, the, the kids are, you know, talking about, you know, sometimes it's the kids who will out you, right? Yeah. I mean, my kids out me all the time, right? So it'd be like, maybe the kids will out you and say, you know, hey, I'm looking forward to uh, going to school with my, you know, cousins or whatever. And you're like, oh, really? You know, so um, there's a lot of these incidentals you got to kind of look for and hints, but... Uh, we do have some insiders anyway who, who work out some of these deals. And um, and I think that Petrie is a good fit also. I think it makes sense. And uh, I would not be surprised to make that move either. Who else are you thinking that they might, uh, any other moves you're thinking they might, uh, you think might get rid of anybody? Think we might drop anyone? What do you think about Zadina? You think we're going to hold on to him? Or do you think we're going to let him go? I've heard this little tidbit of rumor. But um, Vegas needs to shut payroll. Yeah. A little bit. Um, and now that they're interested in the Mark Andre Fleury sweepstakes, they've entered that little sweepstakes to get him back because Robin Leonard's hurt. Mm-hmm. Look for something with Vegas, too. It could be if Gany Dandenoff, their forward, he's got a term on his deal. Riley Smith, he could be the guy that they get to. But Vegas is going to need to trim some payroll to get their guy flurry if they want to get him yeah and jack eichel comes back too so they're gonna to have to trim some little bit of payroll if you're a cby why not pick up the phone and be like see what you can do because they need to trim payroll yeah the ball is in your court what you want to do. absolutely and you know and that's one of the great strengths that stevie has is that's what he did with the fabric trade absolutely yep that's exactly what he did 
because they were up against it. They needed to trade a forward because they were trying to bring up their, you know, their young forward that they were trying to bring up. And that's when Stevie Y got Bobby Fabry. Yeah, I think, and I think if you see Stevie make a trade, I think you're going to see him make a trade for a defenseman. I think he's going to make a trade for a defenseman and forward. Okay. I really do. I think Vegas is going to be the one that they look at. I think. I think the Rebels have the cap space to do it. I think uh, Vegas has a lot of things that they want to do, and if they want to do it, the ball's in their court, and they have to make the move. What do you think about coaching staff? You think they're going to be making any changes here uh, coming up? You think they're going to make any adjustments? If they're going to make any adjustments, it's going to be be more puck possession wise. They've been making really good adjustments, but their power play needs to be a lot better. I was about to say that the power play is still not where it needs to be, and I don't think we're winning enough face-offs either. I think those two areas that we talked about them being weak, I still don't see them making that's, progress that's, there. That's one of the schematical things that could come to play when Verona comes back. You know, a lot of times, you know, when you have a even if you're a guy like Larkin, you're 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 t- taking the face-off. You're trying to put it to your guy that you know that can move the puck. And if you don't have that guy that can move the puck, sometimes you'll make that, you'll you'll misjudge the face off and try to put it where it's not, you know? I'm uh, I'm anticipating Verona's return uh, for the Colorado game. How about you? I think he will be back. Uh, I don't think he's going to make it for the Rangers. I think Toronto. Oh, you're thinking they're going to wait till Toronto? Yeah, I think they're going to bring him back to, for Toronto because I think that's a, a big game that they need. Do you think it's going to matter whether they win or lose against the Rangers or Colorado, which will determine whether or not they bring him back sooner rather than later? Not really. Okay. I don't think that I don't think they're going to rush him. So if he does come back and he gets hurt, I don't think that's going to do anything good. So I think they'll hold him out till Toronto, and I think he'll be back and. I think he'll be good for the rubbings because they get a critical player back. Oh, he's going to be a game changer. He was when he got here, and he still is. And uh, let's see what we can do. Looking forward to watching this uh, next couple of weeks here and reporting back on where the Red Wings are going to take us this season yet. We'll see what happens in the coming week. Looking forward to it. And we will see you next week as we talk our sports book. We were going to talk Pistons, but there's really nothing to talk about. They're garbage. And <laughs> did you see? Did you see? Pitchers and catchers were supposed to report tomorrow, and they're not. And we anticipated that. But we'll talk about that next week when we get more clarification. And obviously, our whole podcast has been presented by Wild Bills Tobacco. You can find them at any location across the state of Michigan. And they've got everything you need, all of your tobacco needs. Joe knows because he's smoke, a chewer. Smoke freely, freely, chew deeply, vape light. All at Wild Bills. All at Wild Bills. And if you want the sweet, tangy weed, they got your favorite <laughs> weed pipes too. <laughs> Sounds like they got it all. They got the bombs. Visit Wild Bills. We'll see you next week as we talk more sports on Cindy and Joe's show. See See you you then.